If you've missed any of the previous versions of the Heat Wrestling Podcast, what are you waiting for? Okay, it's real simple. Let me show you how to do it. Go to your favorite podcast platform of choice. That's number one. Number two, search the Heat Wrestling Podcast, and our logo will come up. That's it. That's all you got to do. What's in there for you? Interviews, rewinds, and a whole lot more. So what are you waiting for? Go to your podcast platform of choice and search the Heat Wrestling Podcast today. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Coming up on this version of the Heat Wrestling Podcast, we are back, and we are back in a big way. We've got Landon Hale, independent professional wrestler, the good doctor, joining me here on the show to talk his initial beginnings in the wrestling industry, influences, and a whole lot more. It's myself and Landon Hale and you. It's the Heat Wrestling Podcast. My name is referee Tony S. Let's get started. All right, we're recording the Heat Wrestling Podcast on a Saturday. It's a very, very rainy Saturday. Don't really know what date it is. Don't really care either because I have a guest here, and he's the good doctor, uh, somebody who I've had the the fortunate pleasure of sharing a 14 by 14 ring with in wrestling, you freaks. And that is uh, the, good, the good doctor, Landon Hale. What's going on, man? What's going on, brother? Thank you for having me. How you been? I've been good, man. Anytime. I'm glad we are finally able to uh, get you uh, on. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about beginnings, old and new, first impressions, all that. And let's start at the beginning, because every story's got to start somewhere. Every book has to have a first page or even a foreword. So when it comes to your wrestling journey, if you can remember that far back, what are your earliest memories of pro wrestling the first time that i ever experienced pro wrestling i was about five years old so my and so this was back when my dad was alive which unfortunately he passed when i was seven but during those moments when he was alive like we would experience a lot of you know like play like basketball playing video games you know just outside deals and just being able to you know enjoy father-son moments and one of those moments happened to be watching wrestling I don't know if it was, you know, as a kid enjoying like seeing high flyers, seeing people, you know, doing crazy acrobatic moves. So I was more of a, I was more of a WCW guy versus a WWF guy. And growing up, I was watching, you know, guys like Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, Juventud Guerrero, Chris Jericho, uh, Dean Malenko, just to name a few. And I remember seeing Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis, and they were both my my favorite wrestlers looking up because they were more of like the luchador aspects and that's where i got some of my influences you know being in the wrestling business and my dad was a fan of kane or kane my dad was a fan of kevin nash and you know the nwo pact and stuff like that and you know just growing up with that it was it was definitely one of those moments that like we would get we would this was (laughs) this was back in the days with the vhs tapes and that you'd have the you know rewind no, no one's ever going to realize what a VHS is nowadays. But Hey, I'm older than you. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Be kind, please rewind. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Blockbuster uh, video. I, exactly. And we would watch, uh, I remember the, the latest memory of back in my childhood was watching Bash at the Beach on VHS. And it was like the best of the Bash at the Beaches. And that, okay. was, probably, that was probably one of my favorite favorite videos to watch. And it was like Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis. They were on a beach. I remember watching, um, uh, who was it? Juventud Guerrera and I believe it was Billy Kidman. I had the weirdest dreams or like the weirdest, remem- like, you know, remembering specific details. Like dates and this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So we're talking so we were, 96 through 98, 99 period. That era, yeah. And... And then unfortunately, in, in 2001, my dad passed away. So it's been, so this month made 23 years that he's been gone. So we've, or no, 22, or, uh, 22 years. So, you know, I, I didn't, you know, get caught up in wrestling because I was in first grade at the time, you know. And I guess you move fast forward a couple of years later, I was probably in like third or fourth grade. And again, this goes back to remembering specifics. Um, I remember 
I was doing a travel, I was on a travel team for basketball. And I remember one of the coaches when we were all like, you know, getting ready to, you know, end the night, we were all hanging out in one of the coaches rooms, just, you know, just hanging out. And I remember seeing one of the coaches watching TV and it happened to be Saturday night velocity. I'm sure you remember that. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yep. And it was Saturday night velocity. And this was, I think it was like maybe a week before WrestleMania 20. And I remember seeing Rey Mysterio and um, he was at a fatal four way. And I was like, wait a minute, I know that guy. And then it just brought back memories of who that was. And I was like, I was just like, this is amazing. Got back into it. And then, and then, so I just kept up with it. And ever since then, I would like watch it here and there, like growing up from third grade to seventh, eighth grade, kind of backed off of it a little bit, but I would somehow just circle back to wrestling. And so ever since I was five years old, I've, I've had that, that vision of just, you know, like loving wrestling. Or, or wrestling would somehow find its way back to you. (laughs) That's that's how it normally works. Yes. And, and and then like, like I said, it was, it was definitely one of those things where, you know, if I was, you know, because everyone has, you know, those, those down moments or, you know, they've had depressions and they've had like these, these moments where they just can just escape reality. And that was my way of escaping. It was just watching wrestling. And then later on, obviously I got into it, but just asking like the memories of it. Those were my, my fondest memories was, you know, sharing those moments with my dad and now seeing where it's led me to today. And uh, that's professional wrestling for me was definitely a way of escaping reality. Uh, which is why I have to uh, wear a striped shirt for the last eighteen years, but uh, be that as it may. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> it's not about me; it's about you. But it's true; it, it, it's a great way to escape reality. And you talked about uh, velocity, so we're talking o two, o three, possibly o four. Ray debuted in o two, probably August. No, no, July of o two. So probably yep. around there. And so you talked about your influences. Uh, your, your Lucha Libre guys, your Rey Mysterios, your Psychosis, your Juventud Guerreras, you talked, you know, Billy Kidman, you talked about your technical aspect, your Jericho, uh, Guerrero, Malenko. So you have those. Before we get to the current stuff, which that'll be later on in the show, have you adapted or taken a little bit of each of your influences and kind of molded them into your current style today? Yeah, absolutely. And funny enough, when I first started off wrestling, and obviously you'll ask me later on about the, you know, like my training aspects, but I remember when, when wrestling, like when I started off, I would watch some matches, like the best one that I watched was getting some, you know, I guess it was like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio from WrestleMania 21. And there was like a couple of holds. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then I would watch Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko and, you know, just seeing Dean Malenko, man of a thousand holds. You just see the the wrestling, like the technical genius that he is. And then just watching, like a lot of my inspiration just comes from like mostly like the old school WCW, older WWE styles where like chaining was a lot of like the big aspect of wrestling. And then I would watch a lot of New Japan, like Will Ospreay. Zack Sabre Jr., you know, there's a there's a lot of guys that I would try to influence in that aspect. AJ Styles, of course, Motor City Machine Guns as a tag team, and just taking those aspects and using that to to my craft and what I can do, and then kind of evolve from there. Because nowadays, everything that you see in wrestling, it's always evolving. It's always evolving. And sometimes it's always good to go back to the old school stuff to make it fresh again. That's why I have this show. <laughs> we, we pay... We, we pay re- the way I do it is we we like to, yes, the industry is evolving, as it should, as every industry yeah. is, but it is all about evolution, pardon the pun, but it is all about respecting those that paved the way in that master class, respecting that, and that's what I try to do, that's what you try to do, that's what all the people, the all the individuals, no matter what craft you're in, uh, should be able to do. So when did you first seriously begin thinking about being a professional wrestler there has to be some there had to be some kind of moment as you know hey you know this is something that maybe i can do because it's it's not nothing's really real until you believe it and and you see yourself in it so when did you first start seriously thinking about being a professional wrestler yourself 
So this has a little bit of a, a longer story to it. And this also kind of ties in with my real life where I'm, I am a chiropractor in real life as well. When I was 18 years old, I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated from high school. I've, I thought I've had these dreams of playing basketball, playing baseball, you know, playing somewhere, you know, professionally. And I was thinking like, those would be my aspects of life where that's going to take me down that road to glory. Or if, you know, if that didn't happen, you know, do something else. I, I remember graduating from high school and this kind of ties into everything I'm doing. But as I graduated from high school, you know, I came home, I started crying. I was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I went to a community college for, for three years, got my basics. Then I went to Moorhead state university and that's my alma mater. And I got my bachelor's in exercise science. Well, after that, I was planning on going to chiropractic school in Atlanta, Georgia. So before that, I was, uh, I was one day I was on Facebook and one of my friends, cause you have to realize for the people that's listening in East Kentucky, there's not really a lot of wrestling. And you know, if, if you want to see good wrestling, you'd either have to go to either central West Kentucky, North Kentucky, or you probably have to go across the state line to West Virginia. And there's, and if you go to a show, it's really not that much. And this isn't knocking on it, but that's, you know, that's how I started off. So it's reality. It's reality, exactly. So one day, one of my buddies, he he's a wrestler in uh, he's a wrestler in East Kentucky, and he's one of my good friends too. And he was telling me, like, I guess he made a post on Facebook, and it was like, you you see these Facebook posts where it's like compare two things and blah blah blah, like you know they have that. So there's one of them is like compare two. I forgot this like the like actual quote behind it, but it was like compare two wrestlers, and I'll give you what I like, who I think is better. I said, Chris Jericho or Eddie Guerrero. And he said that. And then after that, I was like, okay. And so I just kept asking him questions on the board and like on the Facebook post and kept asking and asking and asking. And then I was just like, it hit me. I have one life to live. Let's see where this takes me. So I asked him, I was like, how do you get into wrestling? And this was June of 2018. So he said, if you're serious about it, just let me know and we'll figure something out. Didn't know what that meant, but I said, okay, sounds good. So then we ended up, I guess, a few weeks later, he messages me and was like, hey, we have a ring, and it's set outside in, our, in one of our buddies' backyards. And, yes, it's backyard wrestling. That's all <laughs> would right. Would you like – yeah, nothing wrong with that. And he said, would you like to come up and take a back bump? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so he was telling me, like, make sure you don't tell anybody because you have to have your license. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything, so whatever. <laughs> so this was <laughs> yeah. 2018. This was 2018. It's a wild west out here. Exactly. So I go to my buddy's house, uh, which we ended up becoming good friends. And unfortunately, he passed away last year. God rest his soul. Rest in peace to to my buddy, Mitch Colley. He was in the wrestling business as well. He was more of a manager, but uh, I digress on that. Yeah. And he and he we came up with my buddy, Adam, and there's like a couple other guys there. And he was just like, okay, so he showed me how to take a couple of back bumps it was sore, but I was like, this feels right. Like it, there was just something about hitting the ropes. that just felt like it was home because there's moments where when I was a kid, I would put on a Ray Mysterio mask, you know, when I was like, you know, back watching wrestling again, like, like third grade, I'd wear a mask and I pretend to be Ray Mysterio and I would fight like these big stuffed dolls, like, like Spider-Man, Kevin Nash, and like, you know, pretending to be those wrestlers. And I would just do everything on the bed broke a box spring sorry mom and i've done it myself yes they're 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 fun moments and you know literally when i was in that ring it literally felt like as if i was that kid just you know no like just doing whatever i saw on tv and i just mimicked that in the ring and so i needed that extra training but so like after all of that was done i fast forward i was like hey you know i'd like to you know come wrestle and then he was like, you got to get your license. And then that's when you got to go train from there. But just to answer that question in itself, that's how I first found out that I wanted to be a wrestler was that that one bump that I took. And I was like, I was sore the next day. But I was like, this is something I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. It's always that first day. If you know after taking those initial bumps, at least in your mind, just thinking, or even when you wake up and go, it's like, if I can survive this, 
that I know I can do this for a long period of time. If I can just, if I could just withstand this one, I can do this for, I don't know, five, 10 years. doesn't matter, but I can still do it. But, exactly. But that's, but that's how it was. It Hey, let, you know, I, I think as a kid and I started, I started in, in 2005, which proved just, just by the fact of it delaying how long it took me just to even relay the fact that I started in 2005 shows you how old I am. But you just wanted to find a ring. <laughs> Any, it didn't matter where it was. You just needed to find a legitimate actual ring to do stuff in. No box yep. spring, no room, no getting your mom upset, just an actual ring to do it. And exactly. You you didn't you didn't care how long it took. You that's that's what you did. I you know I I did the same thing. I started, and it was weird. I I went to and I've shared this story before in previous versions before. I, you know, I knew somebody who he had done uh, enhancement talent in WWF at the time, and in the local promotion, he was. He was a strong baby face, and he, you know, it was his ring that they were using. And I met him. We became fast friends. Next thing you know, I go to his house. He's got a, the ring in his backyard. Hey, you want to come train and, you know, want to do this and bring you guys in and we'll train you here and you want to do this and that. So it's essentially the same thing. You just want to find a ring. You, you know, you, you see it on TV. You didn't think it's actually going to be like right there in front of you to actually get in the ring. <laughs> so exactly. it's, it's like, it's, it's almost like when you're a kid and you see a wrestling ring and you're like, geez, you know, how am I supposed to get in the wrestling business? WWF and WCW own all the wrestling rings in the world. Like, like we're not going to be <laughs> able to find a, a wrestling ring that could hold me in it or anything like that. So, exactly. So when you started, actually, backtrack, rewind. When officially did you start, and who got you in the door as far as training? So, and then this is kind of like a continuation of that story. So after that day of, I, I wouldn't even say training. I would just say like a day of just goofing off and just get taking basic bumps, I guess, and understanding how everything was. I ended up going to I ended up going to a show it was like middle of July I only had I didn't have any training sessions but I was like I was wanting to wrestle but they didn't want to put me in the ring and I guess I, I was like kind of I was down on myself because I had my license I was like I'm ready to wrestle but I didn't have any like wrestling gear I was just like oh man like I'm just you were ready so, once you was, had that so, license yes I was like I have the license and now I was like nothing I was wanting that five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> not even a but hot dog, just the five dollars. Not even a hot dog. No joke. There's a guy that got paid in hot dogs and he didn't care. Anyways, that's another story. That, but uh that is but true. yeah, so I was there. I was there, I was down on myself, and then Adam was like, You need to get a guy you need to get a hold of a guy by the name of Iron Cross, which uh, that's his name on the Indies. His name is Mike Scarberry or any aka Mike Sampson. And when I met him, he was in St. Paul, Virginia. So I would travel an hour and a half from East Kentucky to St. Paul, Virginia. Very, and it's a very, like you can imagine like a 1970s wrestling gym, like a, I wouldn't say, well, I wouldn't say wrestling gym, but imagine like a 1970s basement. The iron is rusty, like old school weights. And then you'd go into this other room and you would just see a ring but the ring was like the 1970s ring where there's like a spring in the middle. Mm. Yeah, it was the very old school ring. So again, you know, me watching a bunch of wrestling, I was like, oh, like I want to do moves. I want to do head scissors. I want to do her karatas. I want to do this, 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 this. And then he's like, you got to start off with the basics. And I was just kind of like, oh, the boring basics. Let's, <laughs> there's let's basics here? <laughs> Those basics. And my cousin came with me. And I'm, and I'm very thankful for him, even though he's not wrestling anymore, but he was, uh, but he was very supportive and he got to wrestle for a little bit. And, you know, he was a good partner when he came down with me, we would train and he would teach us how to lock up. He would teach us, you know, how to roll. And I was like very advanced with some of the stuff where I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of like very, it catches on to me quick. And I was like, okay, this is like second nature. Then the next week, I ended up wrestling or I ended up training uh, again and, you know, went through some of the more basics. And then I had some other 
moves that I got down just for second day. And they're like, okay, you know, naturally getting this out there, not bragging on myself on any means, but just, it just came to me so quick. Then you fast forward two days later, I went to the same wrestling show. They had a wrestling tournament. They didn't have a, uh, a heavyweight champion because they dropped it due to their, whatever reason that was. So they're like, we're going to have a, a tournament to crown the new champion of that promotion. I was like, all right. So I wanted to show up and I didn't have, again, I still didn't have any gear. I had like the, the black, what was it? The Nike pro spandex that like basketball players would wear. Like I was like, oh, maybe I can wear that. And then like, you know, just Nike, ba- <laughs> Nike basketball oh, shoes. Or something. You, you had basketball warmups. <laughs> it's like, I was the basketball star oh my of that God. wrestling promotion. I remember the uh, I remember the wife of that promotion. She came up to me and she was like, "Do you have your license?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "You have to." She's like, "We may need you to be a ref." And I was like, "Okay." And, and obviously, I was kind of down because you know everyone's got to pay their dues and do whatever. But it was one of those moments where I was like, like, looking forward to whatever. And I still say to this day, I'm still thankful for the two people, which is J.T. Walker and Eric Porter. And I'm only saying that because. These are the guys that, you know, they may not be a name anywhere, but they were, you know, they're like people that people looked up to or fans looked up to in that wrestling business. So they finally had the ring set up because usually they don't have the ring set up on time because everyone goofs off and blah, blah, blah. But they had the ring set up on time and JT comes up to me and was like, hey, I'd like to get you in the ring and see what you can do. Went through the basics and I did the basic bread and butter of everything. So I was able to at least go through a match. So after doing that training session or that little spot him and Eric got with the, the promoter of, of that, of that promotion was like, Hey, you need to put him on your show. And then, so only after two training sessions, I've had not my first match. Cause I ended up winning the first round, but I ended up having my second match that same day as well. So I've had two matches on my actual in-ring debut. I'm surprised that your nickname wasn't the natural. Because it, it, it could have been. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was that. trying to. I was trying to put. I was trying to bring in the natural disaster because where my last name is Hale, and I realized that there were old school wrestlers called the natural disasters, and yes. I'm like, okay, really take that. So yeah. I ended up. Yeah, it's a ended, thing called copyright. <laughs> just a little bit, and so so that was my first. Like, so I only had two days of training, and then I had my first wrestling match and that's something that not a lot of people can say even though it's not in the best moments but it was it still happened. something yeah you could watch it on youtube it's viewer discretion is it <laughs> but, <laughs> we have a but, disclaimer for somebody's first match it's great d- disclaimer yes it wasn't anything violent i i will say the the person couldn't get my name right on the first try Okay. And then couldn't get my name right on the second so, try. Oh, she, she called me. She called me Landon Hill, and then she called me Landon Hall. And I was like, "I am going to murder you." <laughs> That's not my name. And yeah, and then the and then I'll fast forward a little bit more. So the second match that I had, I was in a six man tag, and not only was I in a six man tag, but then I was in a royal rumble style match and the number and the winner gets to be the number one contender for that title and i went in at number one and won it hey and then i ended up fighting and and they knew that i was going down to georgia so obviously they weren't going to put the title on me right but i ended up wrestling and and i ended up losing it was a better match than my first one for sure but yeah again some viewer discretion is advised and again, it's, it's only been like maybe five, six sessions that I was trained or seven sessions that I was actually trained before, you know, doing all this stuff. So I was like really impressed with at least some of the stuff that I did, at least starting off. And then from there, I moved down to Georgia. And I don't know, do you want me to continue with like the continuation of my training? Roll it. So I moved down to Georgia for school. I didn't do any wrestling shows because obviously I still needed some more training to do. But when I went down to Georgia, I was looking into different schools. I looked into WWA4, ran by AR Fox, which I had a little bit of training by him later, and I'll explain that later as well. Looked into the Nightmare Factory, which it used to be called One Fall at the time, so I was looking into that. 
looking into different places and I was trying to see what I could do for like a day by day pass. And that's because in chiropractic school, I didn't have a lot of money. All I had to do was get it for my loans. And I just don't want to blow all my money when I need that for living situations. Right. So Mike Sampson was telling me about one half of the rock and roll express, Robert Gibson. And he was only 25 minutes away from me and they did drop ins. And so Mike put in a good word to me or to Robert went in, showed him a few things that I could do. So from October to December of 2018, I did training and I only did like maybe four or five training sessions out of that month, out of those few months span. That's because I wanted to get acclimated with school because it was a chiropractic program. And usually that first quarter, that's when they usually see how they can weed you out and see if you're actually there to be a doctor. Right. So then January hits and I ended up going to a rep. I ended up going to, Robert's show, which is called APCW, All Pro Championship Wrestling in Douglasville, Georgia. I showed up there and I was going to, you know, help bring some stuff to the back. And then obviously the number one rule of wrestling. Always bring your gear. Always bring your gear. And I want to backtrack for a second because the guy that ate hot dogs for his payout. (laughs) for (laughs) for for, For the first and I will say this was really kind of him. He gave me his like his pair of pants, and so I actually had like actual like you know just slip on like pants that actually passed his wrestling gear. And then okay. someone else gave me a pair of like wrestling, like red wrestling boots that you get on like Elucha. They're not like the best kind, but they came up to my like bottom of my knees, and so they were that was passable. Awful. They were passable. I still got like a sore thumb for sure, but. I definitely had those and I was like, okay. Um, so I passed with those and then I ended up, you know, again, back to the one in Georgia, number one rule, always bring your gear. I did. Robert was asking where I was. I go to the back. He goes, get your gear on. You're getting ready to go wrestle. I ended up having a good match in the tag team match. And then the next month, and this was very ironic, the guy that I was supposed to wrestle again in that rematch for the tag team titles his partner got sick or his partner couldn't make it due to a death in the family. My partner got sick. So it ended up being a singles match for the tag team titles. Mm. And this was like, and then all my friends from chiropractic school, they came out. So I had like 20 or 30 people that came out from chiropractic school alone out of like maybe 180 people, which I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. And they were in like the match that I had, even though it wasn't like, uh, aha moments, but I was definitely improved a whole lot more than what I was when I first came in and had my match 14 minutes long. I lost. And then as I came to the back, I broke down and started crying. And it was just like, it was that aha moment that this is something I could do. And then I remember seeing Robert come up to me and he was like, he was telling me you did such a wonderful job. And he gave me like the biggest hug ever. And he's like, I'm so proud of you. And that's just because that's my second match fully trained and you know even though i'm still have some training to do that was my second match fully trained and you know i was really proud of myself and so fast forward throughout those months and i've had my chance to like spotlight what i can do i've been through some highs and lows in like my 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 real life and like i said you know wrestling escapes from everything and in november of that same year. So I went from debuting at in Georgia, January of 2019, fast forward to November, 2019. And I won my first ever title and it was the APCW heavyweight championship. And I held that. And it was like that moment of like, this is something like, you know, Robert is, is giving me that opportunity to showcase who his top, like one of his top talents are. And that means the world to me. And so I was able to run with that for, a few months, COVID hit. We came back. I won the title back again, so I became a two-time champion. And then still kept on training, and then I wrestled. It was like, I think it was like May of, tw- yeah, May of 2021. Robert closed the school down because because someone bought out the building that he was renting out of, and we couldn't find anywhere else to store the ring. And it was an old-school NWA ring, too. Mm. So... We were, so like, it was the last day and I remember Robert giving me his ring and he was like, he was like, Hey kid, you know, put this WWE ring on. It was his hall of fame ring. And we, and we all took a group photo and you could see it on Instagram. And after that, 
I started crying because obviously it was my last day or it was the last day. And then he comes up, he hugs me and he's like, do this for your dad. And he said that he's like, whenever you get on TV, don't forget about me. And so it's like, you just, it's like a reassurance that I know that he has so much faith in me. And that just means the world to me. Someone, especially coming from a legend like Robert Gibson. And, you know, I will never forget that day. And then a couple of months later, I had some, I have some friends that were, you know, they were uh, wrestling under AR Fox at WWA four. And remember, and then when I talked to AR Fox, he knew that I was, uh, that I was trained. So he's like, yeah, you're more than welcome to come in anytime. And I came in, I, did, I got some, like, I got to pick an AR Fox's brain a little bit. And I was training at his building for, for, from July up until about March of last year. And then I moved up here I did some training with New England Pro Wrestling Academy. I didn't do any matches because I was getting married in April of last year. And I probably very sound business out. decision, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. Happy wife, happy life. That's and right. Yeah. So I promised my wife that I wouldn't um, that I wouldn't do anything stupid. And so I ended up j- just doing training only. We got married. And then ever since then, I've been training at New England Pro Wrestling Academy. And then I've been, you know, hitting the roads and I've been wrestling in places such as in Massachusetts, in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. So I'm, I'm just very thankful for for all of the for all that I have that I should say. So that's pretty much my journey. And and I'll say as, as you know, obviously in the industry, you know, we are both on it's like we're both on the same path, but we're taking two different ways to get there. And when you have somebody especially in your case you have somebody like robert gibson which by the way everybody you know robert gibson half of the rock and roll express one of the greatest tag teams in the history of the business uh 10-time world tag team champions if you want to just look at rock and roll express midnight express matches that's all you need to know about robert gibson tag team wrestling he is tag team wrestling other than if you can't go to ricky morton go to robert gibson he can tell you everything about tag team wrestling 101 that's him (laughs) If, if you looked up tag team wrestling in the dictionary, Robert and Ricky's face is right there. Exactly. Exactly. And to, you know, somebody who, you know, just to, you know, at least, you know, starting off young and, you know, you learn about people like that, then you train under them. And then for them to give you that stamp of approval, it's very humbling, especially to, you know, fans who, you know, start off young as fans, they want to pursue this as a career. It's very humbling to get that stamp from somebody who's done so much for us, who really puts themselves sometimes in our shoes because, hey, they were there once, they just want an opportunity too. And so for you to get that stamp of approval, you know, that's something that you never take for granted. And, you know, like Landon said, He's been all over the east, you know. He's been all over the east coast. For now, I'm sure that there, in which we will definitely talk about, there's future goals that he wants to do, future aspirations that he wants to do, and we're gonna take a quick break for old school lads because that's what I do on this show. And uh, when we come back, we have more with Landon Hales. We're gonna talk about future aspirations, goals, and learning opportunities, growing pains, and. We're going to give you a chance to find Landon on social media, but not now. That's later. We'll be right back. Eddie Guerrero was destined to carry on his family's legacy, but his self-destructive behavior put his future in jeopardy. The cops left me for dead. You know, they thought I was dead. They didn't expect him to live. It hurt so bad just to breathe that I didn't want to live anymore. This is the remarkable story of a man who overcame adversity and reclaimed his faith, his life, and surpassed even his wildest dreams. World Wrestling Entertainment presents Cheating Death, Stealing Life, The Eddie Guerrero Story. This two-disc set features five hours of DVD extras, including ten classic matches, behind-the-scenes footage, and a special look at his history-making match at WrestleMania 20. Eddie Guerrero is the new WWE Champion! Watch the inspirational story of a true WWE Champion. Wrestling is my life. Cheating death, stealing life, the Eddie Guerrero story. Available tomorrow at Best Buy or wherever videos and DVDs are sold. 
whether he's dominating the WWE, the literary world, or the world of vampires, Triple H is a triple threat. Sink your teeth into the latest Raw magazine and find out why it truly is all about the game. Available now. We're back with Landon Hale here on the Heat Wrestling Podcast. You've already heard part one of his story, but for every first half of a book, you got to get to the second half. And Landon has gone through all the necessary steps of training. We've talked about his first match, how he's a two-time heavyweight champion, won his first title in wrestling as a heavyweight champion twice, which I don't even know how that's almost unheard of in this business. But we'll stick with the current stuff because, you know, anybody who's in New England has, uh, anyone who's in New England has seen Landon Hill perform. I've worked with him at APW uh, more than once, Atlantic Pro Wrestling more than once. Thank God for that. Um, he's been over at Chaotic, over at Top Rope Promotions, all over the Eastern Seaboard. But he's a young man. He he has more to do and more to accomplish in this business. His story isn't yet complete yet. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your future aspirations and goals for the wrestling industry and what you want to accomplish, whether it be opponents or places that you want to inspire to work, even if it's just once. From the littlest goal to the biggest achievement, what do you see for yourself in the wrestling business? With me, and I I, I don't mind being as transparent with this and it's because right now I'm a chiropractic associate. So it means that I'm working under a main chiropractor that owns the building. So what that means is that if I get set hours for working in that office, I can't really go anywhere else. And obviously we'll have vacation times and whatever. I love my boss. He's one of the best dudes in the world. My thing is, is that if I'm working Monday through Thursday, which I get the Friday, Saturdays and Sundays off for wrestling. And that's nice. But if I'm working Monday through Thursdays from 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., I'm not going to just have, like, let's say, for and this is just a, a very hypothetical, like, AEW hits me up with, like, hey, we'd like to sign you, but you'll be there for Wednesdays or whatever. And it's like, I can't just leave the job that I have. Stability. And so it's, exactly. And so, because I've already made that agreement first, and it's just like any business, I can't really do much until I make sure that like and now if i own my own business i can make up my own hours and do whatever but excuse me whatever the hell i want my thing is now is like if i was to go somewhere like maybe impact wrestling where now they're wrestling on weekends or they're doing tapings on weekends or if i was to do something with with mlw or nwa just something like that it's going to be easier for my schedule at least right now so that's kind of like a bigger thing for me but obviously the goal would i think you know either impact wrestling or aew would be cool obviously wwe would be uh, definitely a good thing down the line but again that's more like wherever god leads me and i'm a firm believer in god wherever he takes me on this path so the littlest goals for me definitely explore more of the new england scene the Northeast scene. And that's because I have a lot more to explore because I'm, I'm wanting to reach out to like the mid more of the Midwest, you know, in the Chicago area, the Indiana area. I also want to explore out more to like the West coast area. And again, I have to establish myself better and more of a presence to make sure that I get to that level. So I know I still have some work to do and I know the injury has held me back a little bit, which I'm still recovering and I'm doing well. But again, God works in mysterious ways and I just have to believe in his timing. And so more so just working the Northeast as like the like the smaller goals, just getting my feet wet and some of these other promotions that's willing to bring me in and, you know, see what I can do. A big time, I guess a big time thing would be to be a part of the Scenic City Invitational, which that's a big tournament in Chattanooga. And they it's probably one of the bigger tournaments in the country. And it's just showcasing 16 top wrestlers in the country and you know people all over the world has been over it so like you have guys like daniel Makabe who's won in 2019 you have ac mac that's won it last year you have Jaden newman you have people that's been in it such as masha slamovich matt riddle leo rush billy starks you have all these amazing talents that's been a part of it so 
it's that's a that's a tournament that's high up on my list that I want to be a part of. And then I guess more so like the biggest thing is just making sure that I leave a legacy moving forward because now where I'm a chiropractor by day, wrestler by night, making sure that I establish who I am and then moving forward if if some if it leads me to a, a contract signing and you don't have to have a contract signing in order to be, you know, in order to be a big time name or whatever. Right. But I want to be able to establish myself and then get a better presence out there. So I guess it's it doesn't seem like the biggest of goals, but there are achievable goals. And I believe that, you know, it takes one day at a time. And especially with, you know, just getting back with my wrist and whatnot. I think that the sky's the limit for what I can do. And so I just got to have faith in myself and faith in God. I, I've told other referees uh, this, especially the newer ones. Set yourself with smaller goals because the big ones will follow the big ones are the ones that are gonna knock you out of your seat like really do i do i actually deserve this but the smaller ones are the are the big the smaller ones to me are the biggest ones because the smaller ones are the ones that only nobody but you actually recognize because those are the ones that only you were able to see that only you were able to achieve back when you know hey you know you just started or when you, even for a dark time, when you felt like nobody believed in your vision or God's vision for you, and you went out through his plan and achieved those goals for you, that's a notch in your belt. Okay, then that gets you pumped up, pumped up. Okay, let's see what else I can do. Maybe I can do it here or work with this person here. Or maybe, like, even if something as small as, all right, I worked 15 minutes here. I want to work, push myself to 20 or maybe 25 or even, or even 30 push myself. Or I think one of my goals as, as a referee doing an Ironman match, just, just go out and do 60. Even, even if nobody believed you can actually go and do 60, it's pushing yourself to the ability that you can. And for you, yes, you want to work. And I, and I knew this. Yes. You want to work the new England scene, but there's a whole lot more to just new England which is why you do want to go and venture out and test those waters because there are different opponents, there are different styles you want to learn. And the fact that you trained under Robert Gibson gives you a huge advantage because that's nationwide recognition, that's also decades of experience, that's also somebody who's well-respected in the industry and somebody who even for just that little bit, you know, you can ask, Hey, you know, I want to try this or I want to see if I can do this. And he can be like, okay, yes, you can do this, but let me just throw this little thing in there. And he's got that veteran experience. And I think that definitely helps, but you have to start, you should in the wrestling business, you should start small. You can't just be like, I'm going to get to WWE and that's it. Because if you, don't recognize and respect the path that you're already on. You'll never appreciate what you're going to be given later. Exactly. And, and also that can, and like you were saying, and I'm going to piggyback on that too. I do agree with you, like hitting those smaller goals because everything else will follow. Yeah. And you know, I've had, I've had moments where I wrestled for empire state wrestling and one of the guys, I won't mention his name because he told me to not tell everybody, but one of the guys that wrestled for Empire State Wrestling, he asked me, or like, he was like, hey, like, I don't have uh, a car. Do you mind driving? And there's a pre-show spot for you. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, I'll take care of everything else. All right, sounds good. I ended up driving to Buffalo to wrestle. And after that moment, you know, and again, it's all about who you meet. And, you know, it's always good to, to network, to go there to, to show to show people who you are and stuff like that. So luckily I was on the show and one of the guys that was there happened to be one of the promotions from NF promoters from NFW, Cody Jim. And he was like, yeah, like I like your work. I'd like to bring you in sometime. And those are like those moments where those small sacrifices that you make helps you get on to like a better stage in your, in your career where it's like, okay, this is awesome. And definitely something I want to do too, is be able to wrestle in Canada I'd like to go across the border since we're that close. And I'd also like to wrestle in, in Japan. That's a big old mine. Yeah. And so and, hopefully we can and, make that work. And even for me, it's, it's 
you know, there's certain things that you want to do. Even if it's a pre-show, your name is there. Even mm-hmm. if it's a dark match, you know, or, or a startup match, your name is there. You know, you do want to work in, in Canada or, or even in Japan or even, hey, you know, WrestleMania week is, you know, is coming up here. So many talents want to work on WrestleMania week. Not many talents get to be on those big featured shows. But I will tell you, as somebody from experience, there are promotions running every week during WrestleMania week. You just don't get to hear about them. And so that's an, an opportunity because that's somebody something where you may work one of those promotions that you may not hear about during WrestleMania week, but they may have spots open and that might get you through the door. And that's something where you just have to kind of navigate through the waters to get to what you really want. And also one of the other things about wrestling is, is good too. Sometimes it's just good to shoot your shot. <laughs> Sometimes it's just good to throw your name out there in social media. Hey, I want to work this. Just just shoot right. your shot. And then all of a sudden, maybe the company comes up to you and is like, yeah, we have a spot open. We heard you're interested. You want to come in? <laughs> and just like right. that. So sometimes it's it's good. Sometimes it's good like that. But yeah, you have to you have to appreciate the the little ones. And I think ultimately, and I know that you had talked about basically just creating a legacy and establishing a legacy for yourself. And I think one of the things is you change the business. You don't let the business change you. Right. And I think, like, you don't want, you want to be the same person going in the business as you did coming out of the business when that time comes. You want to keep that perspective about yourself. You, you never want to deviate from being who you are because of the wrestling business. And, you know, that could discourage people. But I look at it this way, at least for, for me, I've I've made a career after just being myself for, for the longest time. So, you know, that to me, you 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 have to be, you know, who you are. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can, you know, at the end of the day, social media followers don't matter. You know, your core matters. Your wife matters, your business matters, your 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 heart, your core. They those are the things that are gonna get you through. Right. Uh, so and yes, you are, and your your nickname, your nickname in the wrestling business is is the good doctor. Now, Landon has already talked about the fact that he is a chiropractor. That's not a gimmick. <laughs> That's not a gimmick, folks. He is a legitimate licensed chiropractor. And so, yes, you are on the you're on the mend. I'm not going to say you're on the shelf. You're on the mend, and. When I got to talk with you at at uh, APW, that was the first time that we had met. <laughs> so, and yeah. it was you and and Owen Brody, uh, who's another independent wrestler from uh, the area, from the New England area, and it was the first time I believe it was the first time you were in APW too. Yeah, and that was all right. Owen Brody's New England champion. And we're going to do a 15-minute draw, and then 20-minute draw. Sorry, sorry. We're going to do a 20-minute draw, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to close it out on a one-two, ding, 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 and we're going to ask for more time at the end of it. And it turned out being probably one of the best singles matches of the year for APW <laughs> because the crowd they started at the end. They were saying, please come back, saying your name. They were with you from start to finish. And that was the first time I had met you. And it's always fun to meet new talents because most new talents are like, you know, and I'll talk slowly in the microphone, most talents are like, what the hell is this referee calling me around here for? Like, I, you can't do that. And so, so uh, at least for going into new promotions and being in and going to, you know, APW or even just new promotions. What is the Landon Hale ideal match for you? If you could do one type of match forever, 
on your terms? What would it be? Just like any stipulation, like it could yeah. be like any type. Yeah. Just any type of match. Yeah. I don't know. I, I res, I don't, I like the regular, I just, I like regular one-on-one matches. matches. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's regular one-on-one matches. And, and I'm only saying that because you don't have to use gimmicks. You don't have to. And I mean, again, there's always gonna be a time and place to use those like tables, liars and chairs or death matches, which I'm not doing any death matches anytime soon. Never will. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, it's not for me. I, I respect those that yes. go through it. But yes, you are I, a traditionalist. Yes. However, you know, I want to be able to show skill. I want to be able to show what I can do in the ring. I don't want to be these guys that just uses weapons to, you know, like, like TLC matches and doing hardcore stuff. If I could pick any match, it would just be a regular one-on-one match. And, I, and in that case, I wouldn't mind going. Like I would like to do a sixty man or sixty minute Iron Man match. I think that'd be fun, just to kind of test where I'm at. But just any regular match, if it's like, you know, again, fifteen twenty minutes, being able to do whatever I can to showcase what I can do, then I prefer that. Yeah, I, as as a referee, I love just one on one straight up matches. Yes, you can have tag matches or or even gimmicks, but I think just. The simplest form of combat, at least in combat sports, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, one-on-one matches. Like, to me, in its purest form, there's nothing like it. Because you have, you know, you have you and an opponent. That's it. You surround yourself. You get lost in that. That's one-on-one. So you easily establish, we got a good guy. We got a bad guy. I'm supposed to cheer for this guy. I don't like what this guy does. I'm not going to cheer for this guy. I want the good guy to win. All right, let me get invested for 15, 18, 20 minutes. Let's cheer for the good guy. That, to me, easiest form possible. I can I can be a fan and do, you know, I can do triple threats. I can do fatal forwards. But I think simplicity to the wrestling fan, at least for me, is one-on-one. Right. I I agree. And I do like tag matches. I do like, and again, being trained by one half of the Rock and Roll Express, obviously you're going to have those, that one on, or that, that tag team training. And I have that down in my brain. So now it's like, cause again, with, with Robert's training, it's very, you know, he, he wants you, it's like, if you learn how to wrestle, you don't have to worry about anything else. And so that's where I've learned all my wrestling skills from is, is Robert. And, you know, he's taught me a lot of different things that, you know, that can help me showcase what i can do so i prefer i prefer singles but definitely tag would be a second and in the future would you be open to and you know not now because we got a long time between now and then but in the future if you had an opportunity to be a trainer or be an auxiliary position inside the wrestling business like primarily be a trainer and at least or helping out younger talent in any way, shape, or form. We'll say five years down the line, be a mentor to some of the younger talent who's just coming in, who probably, and it's scary to say, but I'll say it. There may be some people who may want to be in the wrestling business right now who have watched you wrestle and have paid money to sit in the crowd and watch you wrestle. And you see that kid come up when he's of age and he sees you as a trainer. Would you be open to that? I'd be open to it. Of course. Yeah. And and I'm even thinking too, like you see people nowadays, they're trained for like, they've been wrestling for like four or five, six years and they're already training people. I, I wouldn't even mind like training, like I guess at least getting started, starting up to like help out with people now. It's more so just like having that actual stamp of, are you actually going to be good enough to train them? And, and, you know, being someone that's under Robert Gibson, I think that would be like an okay stamp. But again, I still have some growing on my end to do. I still have a lot more to learn than, and like Robert always says, never stop learning. So I'm still always learning no matter what, but yes, I would be open to that idea. It's like, it's like, I would always say I'll be in the business until it's not fun anymore. 
when it's not fun anymore, I'll, I'll exit stage right, right out of the business. Probably a lot of people will be happier if that's the point. Uh, so, yeah. but you never know. But yeah, it, it's it's always some like for me now. Part of it is yes, I I appreciate the opportunities I've been given, and but now for me it's also giving back now, at least for me, and yeah, whether I you know watching young referees or or anything like that. So one final thing, and this is just being open to you, and I appreciate the time that you've taken here today on the show. And it's, well, we before we started recording, we talked about, Landon and I did, about a public service announcement. Well, this is a public service announcement. I would like you to give the listeners out there a public service announcement of where they can find you. Okay. So you can find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Landon Hale three. You can find me on Twitter at Halea three or H A L E Y E A H three. I'm punny. LOL. Uh, I also, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, I have, I do have a fan page and I say this to, uh, on all of the podcasts on every, you know, every report I do have, again, my, my name is, you know, both shoot and, you know, work name, Landon Hill. It's the same, but I do have a fan page. If you would, and this isn't me being, being an ass or anything like that, but I prefer you to like the page and not accept me as a friend, because if I don't know you, it's not me being mean. It's just, I don't know you, but I appreciate you being a fan. There's a difference between my wrestling life and personal life. And I just hope you guys can respect that. But yes, you can go on Facebook and like that page. I also have a YouTube channel youtube.com slash Landon Hill. I don't have a lot of content on there, but if you type in on YouTube Landon Hill matches, you'll be able to see a lot of matches. I believe the match between me and Owen Brody is on there as well. And yeah, and then you can also see me um, on IWTV at specific places, on Fight TV at specific places. And yeah, and it seems like I'm inching away from returning to the ring, so everyone needs to watch their back as your chiropractor. And public service announcement for any and all professional wrestling bookers, agents, whatever you call it out there, where can they send an email to if they want to book the good doctor on live events? If you want to find a booking, all, all DMs are open, but you can also email me at landonhillbookings at gmail.com. He is a good doctor. He's a legitimate chiropractor. He is all killer, no filler, no gimmick. Landon Hale, been a pleasure, my good brother. And and I, before before I say this, there's a lot of good brothers we have here on the show, and I always appreciate when I get to talk with Landon. I get to, you know, we get to talk about old wrestling. I get to pick his brain, and. Just have a good time with him. He's straight up one of the best dudes in the business. Stand-up guy. And I will personally, I don't do this very often, but he knows I, he knows I can. Uh, I will personally give my stamp of approval to Landon Hale because I've worked with him. I know the character of person he is. And I know, if anything, if I don't do it, his wife may come up and break my neck in the process <laughs> because, because hey, she's a that's what I was going to say. She's a, she's a chiropractor too. So I better pay attention to where my bread is buttered, but Landon, it is a pleasure to uh, pleasure to have you here on the show. It means a lot to me. We will get uh, this out as soon as possible. We'll also bring Landon back in the future for a WCW rewind in the future we will announce that at a future date landon hale it is always a pleasure thank you so much for joining me here on the show thank you brother for having me i appreciate you deeply appreciate you man once again major thanks to the good dr landon hale for joining me here on the heat wrestling podcast i truly hope that you have enjoyed landon as he tells his story about his influences and initial steps into the journey of professional wrestling. 
We've got all of Landon Hale's social media links in the description of this version of the podcast. So you definitely want to check that out. And Booker's, that goes for you as well. Don't delay. Book Landon Hale for your show today. Maybe cheesy, but hey, that's what we do it on this show. You definitely won't be disappointed. A great guy and a great aspiring talent in this industry that you need to keep your eyes on. I thank Landon Hale for taking the time once again for joining me here on the show. And I thank all of you out there for listening in. As far as this version of the Heat Wrestling Podcast is concerned, this one is in the history books. Thank you so much for joining me for another version of the Heat Wrestling Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Referee Tony S. The show is at The Heat Pod. And if you have a question, suggestion, or rewind recommendation, send it in via Twitter at The Heat Pod or theheatpod at gmail.com. Major thanks again to our subscribers on Spotify. And if applicable, please leave a four or five star review. It greatly helps benefit the show. And once again, I truly appreciate each and every one of you for checking us out. Have a great, safe, and blessed day, everybody. We'll see you right back here for another version of the Heat Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.